We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Feel like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Daymore NBA podcast, and this will be our last film review pod before the NBA draft on November 18th. Uh, for those of you who have been listening to the many um, prospect previews we've done over the past like five months, six? probably late since late March, I think. That's Wilderberg. You guys know Will. He's the assistant men's basketball coach at the University of St. Thomas uh, here in Minnesota. And again, this week, Will joined me um, in some film watching of Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, and Obi Toppin. Uh, many months ago, I did a Edwards and Wiseman film review, but Will, you, you weren't my guest on that pod. And <laughs> I think it just kind of feels dumb if we've dug into like the, the film of second round picks together that you don't, we don't get you on the record for... Uh, what you feel about Anthony Edwards. And what I do know is that you're generally lower on him. We did a big board in July. You had him sixth on there. So let's just, I guess, let's just start there and, and talk about how did you actually digging in, watching all this this film now, did that have any sort of positive impact or, or negative impact on kind of where you were sitting before really digging in? You know, it's when I we first did those big boards, I – had watched a fair amount of Anthony Edwards, but I didn't do the podcast with you. So I hadn't yeah. really like dug into it. Uh, so this was obviously different. I got to watch more of him than I, than I had before. Um, yeah, I, there's a lot of places we could start with him. So I mean, just yeah. So like, is it, was it better or worse? I mean, you're, you're low on him. Just it's, it's worse. It's worse. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so I think for a lot of people, they, they've watched the highlights of Anthony Edwards. I'm assuming everyone who's listening to this podcast has, has watched some Anthony Edwards on YouTube. And, right, like, the, the, the 
the highlight suggests that's a top three pick in this draft for sure. Totally. Right. So, so what, what about watching him actually play makes that different lower? So I think like the highlights are unbelievable, mainly because physically he is as good as it like he's six six he's 220 he's got close to a seven foot wingspan Mm -hmm. super athletic checks all those boxes big butt coming (laughs) (laughs) exactly um but i just think i kept going back to so we had how many years did andrew wiggins play for the wolves four six six (laughs) whatever (laughs) so feels like 40 and he was as frustrating of a player probably the Timberwolves have ever had, right? And yeah. that's not to say he wasn't good. He definitely had his moments. But yeah. watching Anthony Edwards, it just – I kept coming back to Andrew Wiggins, except he is just less talented than Wiggins. He takes a bunch of plays off. He takes bad shots. He doesn't play hard all the time. Um, when he does play hard, it looks really great. And that's where people buy into the hype. And it was the same thing with Wiggins. It was like, if he could just do this every time, you know, he'd be great. And watching Edwards, it's like, yes, he's going to make those plays, but shot selection is terrible. His motor, I question his motor. And, I mean, I could go more into it, but just those two things. Well, I want to touch on the Andrew Wiggins thing because, broadly speaking, I don't feel the comparison's fair. I I think it's fair for you to say Anthony Edwards at Georgia is similar to Andrew Wiggins at Kansas. I just... I mean, Andrew Wiggins, I'm not I'm about to say I got to know him or like know him. I just think that that dude is wired different than anyone else in the NBA and is not normal. He's not normal and, he, and he's talented and he's, he's a nice person, but his, his, his basketball wiring, his wiring does not apply to basketball well. And, and you know what? Maybe Anthony Edwards is. I just don't feel it's fair for us to say Anthony Edwards – mentally is going to be what Andrew Wiggins was mentally in the NBA. Do I see the, the lapses that you're talking about when watching Wiggins's, what Wiggins did at Kansas and watching what, Georgia, what, what Edwards did at Georgia? For sure. But, like, Wiggins proved who he was by playing in the NBA for six years on a shit Timberwolves team and making them shit. Right. Anthony Edwards, we can't just assume that it is going to happen. I, I, don't, I don't think that that's fair. I think that would be unfair to say copy-paste – He's going to be mentally the same person Wiggins is. Now, what I like what you said there, and which I think is a fair rip on Edwards, is he's, he's not as talented as Andrew Wiggins. No. Which should be concerning if you're considering him for the top overall pick. Right. So I – where – so you're obviously higher on him than I am. What, what – you watch him – where are you like that's going to translate to the NBA? I think, I think we have to start by thinking about – where is the NBA, right? Mm-hmm. And what, what, are, what are these pressure points of, of impact, right, in the league? And, and I think when you're talking about really moving the needle on your team, the two places you want to do that are at the point of attack on offense and defense. And I think we're at this point in the NBA where if you can give me some force at the point of attack offensively, you can, you can pass for me off the pick and roll, you can come up, pull up and shoot, and you can get all the way to the rim, like – that's a dynamic offensive piece. Couple that with somebody who can defend at the point of attack on the other side of the ball. Like that, those are the stars of the league. Right. That's the like, like I think Paul George is a great example of, of being able to do, you know, both of those things without being one of the best players in the league. But that's like, that's what makes Paul George special. 
And and Anthony Edwards, you have the outline of a guy who could do some of that stuff. I totally agree that like on many much of that is theoretical. Things he would need to be developed, things would have to come together. But you know, you watch him play, he can do those things. Particularly on the offensive side of the ball, right? Like you saw yeah. him do all three level all three things at all three levels offensively, right? Right. To me that makes that makes okay. a difference. That's where that's the Wiggins comparison though. Fair. That's fair. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. the Wiggins comparison. I've seen it. Yes. I, he can do it. He's capable of doing it. Yeah. So yeah. I guess uh, – all right. Would, would he be fun to play with? <laughs> um, I've, I've got a follow-up question to this. First question, would he be enjoyable to play basketball with? I think when he's both shooting and passing, which he can do, then, then yes. I think it would – be a nightmare to play with when he gets in those jacking sprees. Right. Where it's just like, oh man, there's 17 seconds on a shot clock. And just because they went under a screen, you decided like a 29 footer is good here. Like that would drive me insane. Same. Because I'd have to go run back on deep. So I, I hear that. Yeah, follow up. The, the other question I was going to ask is if he is not a top three guy on a team, which I don't think he will be, especially early on, mm-hmm. what, does he, what does he do? What, do? what does that player look like? Yeah, you would hope to have to hope that that falls into a second unit, right? Um, and then at that point, you're like, "Oh, great, we got a guy who we can't play with our stars because he whatever takes up too much of the pie, so we have to put him on the bench." And then you're like, "Shit, we spent the third overall pick, the first overall pick, whatever, on a sixth man." Um, but but don't you feel like he's that at a minimum in the league? I think he. I mean, he's going to play in the league. Like He's going to yeah. be around. He's going to score. He's going to do things. I think he's going to be a lot like what he was in college. Okay. He's going to score. He's going to be a volume scorer on the 12th seed. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he's, That's fair. I just think he's not, he's not a winning player, and Georgia's record was awful. He had a bunch, what drove me crazy is he had a bunch of games where he was like 2 of 10. They were down by 20. There were six minutes left in the game, and he clearly could have been like, all right, I'm just going to move the ball. The game is over. This guy had, you know, just like what I come back to saying, fun to play with. And he just would just gun and so obviously trying to trying to yeah. score more points just so his numbers were, were boosted. And that, I mean, that just it oh, that's a fact. drove me crazy. It just wasn't fun to watch him, you know, at end of games. Um, is, I don't know, I think you can speak to this better than I can. How much of that can we forgive for him being 18? Yeah, vanity and all that. Like, I mean, yeah, it it depends how you look. Sure, it, it's definitely an excuse, but I think it's not. No, I, I mean, I it, it's it's definitely. An there excuse. are a lot it's of eighteen like, year olds who also have played basketball long enough to understand like right. what's a good shot. How do I get my teammates involved? Let's talk about that shot selection a little bit because that that's the problem, right? Like, mm-hmm. and if you you listen to any other podcast, you read any other mock draft, you're gonna see the word settles, right? Yeah. He settles. He's he's bigger than his guy. Cross cross boom. I'm just gonna shoot this. Like like that that's I was I was going back through my notes when I did this pod before and and I wrote he thinks he's Steph Curry who who like is Steph Curry right is like normally like a forty five percent three point shooter. Mm-hmm. But when Steph like starts doing out of the move, cross cross shoot, like it drops to a forty percent. The thing with Anthony Edwards is he's like He's, he can't shoot like that, so he's like he's like normally thirty five, or call it normally thirty, and then it's cross cross down to twenty five. Right. And and so 
Like I, that's killer. It, and that, that's a mentality there. I don't, there is value in that mentality. There can be value in that mentality if harnessed. And that's why I think that harnessing and so much of that is about a coach needs to get through him, get to him shot discernment. Like this is when you take this. This is why, this is why you don't. And just value of shots. Like I don't think, not to go like all analytics with it, but I don't think like in his head, he does the math at all that like, okay, I'm three feet within the line. This is now just inherently like a much less valuable shot. It's going to go in that, like to the Wiggins point again, like I think that did, I think one of the good things Saunders actually did with Wiggins this year was that part of that started getting into Wiggins' head. He's like, okay, it is going to be more impactful if I go downhill twice as much because right. I am better at doing those things. It's either shoot a three or get to the rim. Yes. Don't stop with the... And, and like, of course, there's going to be the four or five seconds right. of the shot clock time. you got to do that sometime. But you got to get that. I think Edwards is like a zero at that right now. Right. But isn't it unfair to be like, okay, yeah, six from years from now, he's not going gonna to still be a zero at that? No, he'll get better. I, but I just... Could we establish that? He's, he's going to have to. He's going to have to get better. I just... I worry about a guy who's been able to take any shot he wants up until this point and watch one game at Georgia. Sure. He's never been told no when it comes to the shot selection. So now take him, put him in the NBA. He's around guys better than he is. Is he just going to stop shooting? Is he going to just – I mean, he shot 29% from three on nine shots, nine three-pointers again. And it's like what we talked about with Okogie in college. Where did Okogie shoot from three in college? Like 38. But remember, it's the green light mentality. You're yeah. going to shoot a better percentage if you know you can take any shot yeah. you want. So now take 29% from three, and now a coach is going to be in your ear being like, you have to only take good it's just It's going to be hard for him to figure out what a good shot is and what a bad shot is. I agree with that. But if we're going to have the three-point conversation, we also got to acknowledge that he took a ton of them. Right. Like a ton of them. And that's I, – I know but what you're – It's a big sample size though, right? Like, no, 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 no. But – it's both things. It's what you're saying is like that freedom and to the Akogi point, like that confidence can, can boost you. But at the same time, I mean, I guess is how we're looking at this glass half full or glass half empty. Like you watch the shots he took. He had, he took bad ones, but he had to take some bad ones too. Like he shot, he shot 9.33s per 40 minutes, which is more than any of these other dudes. Like Aaron, that's more than Aaron Neesmith shot him. Or like Vassell, he shot twice as many right. as Vassell, and and like yes, Vassell made twelve percent more of them, and that right. that's big. Or, it's hard to compare those two because Florida State was a really good. Florida okay, how State, about this? Tyler Florida State Jackson. played eleven ga- eleven guys. Like they right. were just he didn't play nearly as much. It's just it's not a it's not apples to apples. Okay, how about Tyrus Maxey? That yep. one's more fair, right? Because we're we're questioning we're questioning shot selection and Maxey, and we're questioning shooting aptitude right yeah. like those are two questions with maxi yep. maxi shot 4.23s per 40 minutes edward shot 9.3 like for me that makes me believe that anthony edwards is going to be a better shooter at the nba level than tyrese maxi is just because he took more yes i think that's an indicator of and i mean again not to get all nerd stat with it but like that is historically a good indicator of success in the like in the league guys who took them at the college level implying they have the ability to get them off yeah implying they have, they have the confidence to do so now am i trying to say he's gonna be like a 40 percent guy no i just i just think we can't just say 29 percent 
and no, not acknowledge fair. that other that I other mean, part of it. I to play devil's advocate, I think nine threes for, per forty minutes on a twenty nine percent. Uh, percentage <laughs> yeah. with the green light with the confidence to shoot any shot I think that's kind of like a this is who he is like he's and that's probably where we disagree I mean I, if I, 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 if I, I do I hear that though I, I, I hear that and but- if I'm going to counter my own point <laughs> he did shoot 77% from the line mm-hmm. and, and that, that's the best indicator of, of, of if you can develop a three point shot in my opinion and one of the reasons I don't, I don't like Denny yeah and I'm just saying the, the same nylon calculus analysis yeah. or whatever will say the number one indicator of three-point shooting success in the NBA is free throw shooting. And number two, or one of the top ones will say, is volume. Right. And it's like why, like, Cole Anthony's up there. Right. And, and I, think, I think to some extent, I, I feel that way too about Cole Anthony, who I'm not super high on, but it was Edward shot the most, Neesmith shot the second most, Anthony shot the third most. Right. Of these guys. And to me, I can see that. And, like, can't you see Cole Anthony being a guy who's going to be a volume kind of shooter dude who – I, I, I believe in, in some of that, and I can see that in Edwards' game because so many of the shots were bad, and I'm going to put that on him, but I'm also going to put that on the situation, so I'm too. Right. I mean, I, I, this could certainly backfire, and I could be way off, and he could be really good. I, it comes down to three things. I question his motor. Yep. I question his, just like his IQ, and I question how coachable he is. Fair. So those three things – Take away how athletic and all that is. Those three things, I would not take a guy. If I'm concerned about those three things, I would not take a guy like that in the top five. Fair. I, I would take a chance on him later, but I just – I don't know. I, I think the only – And I, I, have those, I have those same concerns. Like I, I'm seeing the same thing you are. I'm, I'm particularly, how often does a guy like that pan out? You have, the, you have worries about those three things. How often does that pan out? And you're like, oh, wow, we were way up. No, and I, that's why I think in a normal draft, I would be like, give me – Give me a guy with ninety percent of the upside, and and it is safer. Like right. I'm gonna do that. But we're looking at this in the context of the 2020 draft. Yeah, and we're comparing it against. That's fair. Yeah, like if you want to hit a home run, you have a really good chance to strike out. But he, you're right with his athleticism. He and could, I, I agree with that. But again, I I think the point is important about like where the NBA is, and and this is not a Luka Doncic comparison for Anthony Edwards, mm. but like. Right, like why? Why is Luca? Why is Luca so good, offensively? And competent defensively, like what? What's Luca's game? I think it starts with him being incredibly smart. Okay, this is this is that's a strike against my. I think he's incredibly okay. smart. He knows how to get a shot off. He knows how to draw fouls. He knows how to maneuver his body. Like he's just he's so so smart. Sure. And that makes up for lack of athleticism, especially defense. I mean, I don't. Is he a good defender? You watch way more than him. he's big, so that helps. But he's let's do offense first. Offensively, I think it comes down to that. Yeah. Um, he was also, if you watched him when he was playing in Spain, he was arguably the best player in the Euroleague as an 18. Mm-hmm. His team won. He was balling, and it was like, all right, why won't this just translate? He's already the best yeah. player in the second best league in the world. And and those those things that are more in in yeah whatever th- those things are real. I'm saying just. Watching him play basketball, archetype of a player, you have a guy who can initiate at, at the point of attack there. He can pass with both hands going right to left, like Luca, dish it off either way, whatever way he's moving, whatever the defense goes, he can do that. And I think we saw, we saw that from Edwards. And then we see this physical frame that allows him to 
like he's not yeah. going to be slowed down at the rim by like Lucas not going to be slowed down at the rim by a Paul George because he has the force of his weight and his size and Anthony Edwards has has that too. <laughs> the only thing I like about the comparison is the strength, like that, that they're both. Well, how about this? What about the three point percentage? Like we don't hear we don't hear people shitting on Luca for for not making his threes, and he doesn't. He doesn't because he takes the same difficult threes that are important for an offense to get going. But don't you think he makes up for it in? Other areas. Absolutely. Luca's way freaking better than Anthony Edwards. But what I'm talking about is like that to me in the NBA, that's the future. Like guys who can do that are going to be the needle movers of the league. And like we want to do this against like Cat and and if we're, we're li- like going through listing the players like you would most want to start a franchise with or under 24 or however old Cat is, like that's why you like it's so obviously Luca over Cat. Because the impact of that mm-hmm. guy at the point of attack, the ball in his hands all the time, that if they become great like Luca is, like you have a needle mover. And I, I can see it. I'm not saying it's, it's definitely not 50%. Is it 10%? Is it 12%? Right. Like that, that, that possibility exists for Anthony Edwards. Because what we might be missing is that he's young and that's impacting his motor. He's... <sighs> He's immature. He hasn't been playing very long. That's impacting his, his mentality of it. Like, it's ifs, ifs, ifs. But, like, Edwards is the only dude in this draft who can do that, who could be that, who could be that, like, Luka Doncic archetype and, and impactful in the, in the league someday. I, yeah. I, you're not, Maybe not that level, you're not 90%. wrong. You're not wrong, and I'm saying this without having any idea about mental makeup between the two. If Luca was a little bit less basketball IQ was down mm-hmm. a notch, he was a little bit less competitive because he's objectively like a competitive dude. So you take the, you yep. take those two down a notch. He yeah he no. might be another guy. Yeah, and, and okay, right, agree. But then what if you gave Luca like two more notches in strength and athleticism? Because that's what Edwards is in comparison to him, right? Yeah, I would take the men- the mental part of it. When you already have like that frame, like that's why, like right. Luca, you don't have a. It doesn't like kill him that he's not super athletic because he's strong enough to get through Paul right. George. He's tall enough to spray the ball all over the floor, and yeah, I don't know. I just that's what I kept thinking about when I was watching Edwards's film. I'm like, as I like throw up in my mouth in one clip and then watch the next one, I'm like, there's some there there's there's something real there, and I'm not like. And I think where we're going to be different is, well, the Wolves or whoever, if they trade it and somebody takes Edwards first overall, you're going to be like, that's a mistake. And I'm going to be like, I can see it. Right. Like, he's not my top guy, but I can see it. I, I'm not going to have a problem with anybody taking Anthony Edwards one. Uh, yeah. I Look, he could win the rookie of the year next year on a bad team. Sure. And then that wouldn't be – it, would, it, it wouldn't surprise me. Disprove what you're saying. People are going to probably – look back at these or they probably don't care enough but some people are gonna <laughs> some people are gonna say i can't believe you didn't think he'd be good but he you know he's gonna score 17 a game on on a, on a bad team but I that just, wouldn't that wouldn't prove you wrong though no that wouldn't i'm, I'm saying that right now that's certainly possible mm-hmm. again i just there are some guys you watch and you're like you're gonna win with him you're gonna win if this guy's on your team mm-hmm. you're gonna win and he does not check those boxes for me <sighs> and that's fair I, I, it's, it's so much to me about the gamble, yeah. like, and just weighing the, weighing the percentages and, and putting up against, putting it up against LaMelo Ball, 
for me that that you know right. that's that's what I'm really looking at it as and what I've I've said this to you before I think LaMelo Ball is the best player in this draft to make your best player on your team better. He's the most likely player in this draft to make your best player on your team better. Right. Anthony Edwards has the best chance at becoming the best player on your team. That's a fair point. And it's low. I, like, what did I just say? 10, 12. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know. But, like, though, that's the risk proposition. And then we're going to get transition next into James Wiseman. There's a whole other element of, of risk there because – he played three games. Right. We, we, don't, we don't know. So, at least with Edwards, I saw something. At least with – I have an idea of how it could work. And, and to me, I'm going to value that and probably end up with him two on my board because of it. Yeah. That's fair. At like six? I, I got to go back and look through it. And, again, not to, like, bring it back. I just – there are guys that – if you're in this draft, if if we already know it's a bad draft, yep. I think there's you can look at it one of two ways. One is you just swing for a home run and mm-hmm. knowing that there's a ninety whatever percent chance that they're gonna be not what you, what you thought they were gonna be. Right. Yeah. Or hope they would be. Or you could say, okay, there aren't any of those guys in the top ten in this draft. Let's take a guy who could be the fourth best player. And and and, and we know and that's part of the reason why I like guys like Obi Toppin and get why I like guys like Devin Vassell, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I think those guys could fit in with anybody in the league, with any team. And I just feel so much more comfortable taking a guy I have like no, that. I have no problem with that argument. And that, that's just a different way of looking at the, the risk proposition, right. right? Like, or how much, how much risk do you want to take on? Like how much money is in the pot? And, and you know, that that's. So can I ask you one more yeah. question about, and not to make this a Devin Vassell podcast, but Always. why, like, why is Anthony Edwards? What does he do better than Devin Vassell? Because they're they're maybe the two best wings. Yeah, throw Okoro in there, but like, maybe. Well, I think I'll have I'll have Vassell as the second. So best why? Wing. So what makes Anthony Edwards better than Devin Vassell? I, I think, I think it's it's more dynamic. At at the at the point of attack, I, I think I just see a guy who is and. A point of disagreement we've had on Vassell the whole time is if we were doing like one to ten on Vassell's athleticism, you would be at like an eight and I would be at like a six. Right. And that, you know, I, I don't actually think we're that far apart on him. But I think, I think that's, that, that's an area like we disagree. And for me, with Edwards, I go, man, like he might be a ten in, in, in his physicality there. And, and because of that... I, I'm going to take it over this guy who, who in Vassell I think is going to be, has a ceiling that is good, not a ceiling that that is that is great. If right. we're just if we're just like all so right, can I interrupt? Yeah. So I look at okay. If you went and like did a, you know, a yes or no question, who like, who is a better shooter? Vassell. Who is a better defender? Uh, Vassell. Who plays harder? Vassell. Who like you go down the list of that and it's just like how many when would you check the box better athlete for for yeah. Edwards obviously but after that who won more games yeah like I just you go down the list and for me and I don't know what I mean it's a blowout it's it's a it is but you're saying plays and what we know is he played better than him he did all those things past tense yeah it's 
And neither you nor I know how to, for nobody does knows how to forecast it. What we're trying to do is figure out how they are going to play. We know how they played. And, and normally I feel like I've, I'm the same as you. Like I, I fall back on what I've seen. Like yeah. I fall back on what I've seen. And what's, the, what's that quote? The best indicator of future results is past something? Performance. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know. It's, I keep going back to that. No, it's, it's an absolutely fair argument. And, like, and I think there's teams in the league who you don't need to take that big like swing on. Right, like, do the Wolves need to take a swing in the draft? I think they need to take a swing in trades and free agency and all that. But in the draft, I think they're just talent poor right now. That's fair. And I'm not. I wasn't like leading. Yeah, I, I don't yeah know. but like obviously, then the, the polarizing. Because you could argue they don't need to take a swing. They have two borderline all stars. Yeah, but that's not enough, though. Probably not. I think it's like you increase the talent you can put in the pot if you're the Wolves. Now, if you're the Warriors, that's a, I think that's a, it's a different calculation. Like, right. I, I'd probably still try and trade back and get, like, top and late, you know, just to get another right. pick. But, like, if all these teams had to stay where they are, like, could you and I go and pro and con it out and come up with, like, okay, the Wolves took LaMelo Ball at one. We're the Warriors. We have to take someone. I think you could convince me to not take Anthony Edwards if we're the Warriors and I'm, like, all right, in the locker room, we got Steph, Clay, and Draymond. Like, right. Like, and, I, the, and the Warriors would look at, we've got to beat the Lakers. Let's – you know, how yeah. that's that's the warrior. Like they're in such a different position. They're looking at like they probably have to beat two teams, mm-hmm. the Clippers and the Lakers. And so for me, this is a different topic. I yeah. would take James Wiseman if I was the Warriors. Sure, but the point point being, like, I don't think you or I are like numb to situation. Like that matters. Ultimately, I'm going to prioritize talent, and I think that's why I have Anthony Edwards number one. But like, you got to factor in everything right here and. And, and like, not to, I mean, we're not trying to go full wolves with this, but Edwards does most seamlessly fit in in terms of need and position. There's obviously Wiseman Cat. That right. would be complicated. Obviously, Ball D'Angelo. I personally think that could work, but I'm, I, totally, I totally hear concerned about that. I, I would be concerned if I was Gerson Rosas or Ryan Saunders about how is D'Angelo Russell going to feel about that. Like, I think you can yeah. make it work, but what's D'Lo thinking in his head there? Sure. Like, Anthony Edwards is – I mean, I, I cover the Wolves. Like, I'm, gonna, I'm, you're not, I'm not going to write anything bad about them or, or have anything against them taking Anthony Edwards if, it, if, it ultimately, if that ultimately comes to fruition because I think he's probably the most talented of the group. Yeah. I think second most talented is James Wiseman. And it's because he's 7-1. Seven six wingspan, two hundred forty pounds. Uh, just turned nineteen on March thirty first. He didn't. He did not play uh, much at all for for Memphis. So we have we have very limited um, film of him that we watched. And I, I, my note here, I, I want to ask because I, I saw like I, I really like what like Kevin O'Connor does. I actually like a lot of the. Dra- I think that it's a really good time of like draft analysts out there. But I, something I heard on James Wiseman numerous times over the past couple of weeks is his film at Memphis is useless. It I is useless. I you agree. think so? I okay. Why? The teams he played. Yeah. Christian Brothers. You heard of them? No. Lemoyne Owen. South Carolina State. I thought it was St. Cloud State. So did I, honestly. And UIC. I think that's Illinois. Yeah. Chicago. Chicago. And Oregon. Mm-hmm. So Oregon, I think, is legit. The other four teams, 
Yeah. They won by 30-plus in every game. I'm going to let you finish. So, like, <laughs> yes. I've, and I think a couple of these might be D2 or D3 teams. I honestly don't know. Uh, There's only film on three of them. We only got to watch three games. Right. So I'm saying, but you can look at the box scores and stuff. I think, I shouldn't say it doesn't matter at all, but, I mean, he played 69 minutes on the year. I know. Okay. Here's so my argument. My point is, anybody like you and I who don't have insider access to watch him work out and all that, it's very high level. It's very speculative. It's very much take it with a grain of salt because we don't really know. Sure. In my opinion. I know. I agree. But it's also, I'm taking 69 minutes over zero. And yeah. I feel like we can see some, you see some things. Like, I think it's fair to come up with somewhat of an opinion of what his stroke looks like. And I think that's a pretty big factor with James Wiseman. Like, is he just going to be a rim defender and, and lob dunk guy? Like, no, a big part of your calculation has to be, do you think this guy's going to be able to stretch the floor? Is he going to be able to, is he going to be able to shoot it at all? I feel like watching him and watching him have shot whatever the 12 jumpers he took was, I go, that looks so freaking different than Hassan Whiteside shooting. Yeah. It looks so different than Anyaka Kongwu shooting. Like to me, I'm going to, I feel pretty confident saying that the James Wiseman is going to be a better NBA shooter than Hassan Whiteside is going to be a bet. Like I'll take that bet that Anyaka Kongwu, because he looks like he shot the ball before. Like that matters. I see him. I see him playing defense. He's engaged. Like yes, does is it impressive to me when over the Christian brothers he gets an offensive rebound, grabs it, and dunks? No, that's I don't care about that. Like we, we got to pick and choose. But you see him do no actual basketball things defensively. I loved seeing that he was engaged. Yeah, he was engaged. He was he was playing there, and and I thought his like the way he moved his his hips. Guarding guys and and roll and then on offense on rolling like he didn't seem super unpolished to me like I I I saw something in him. So you liked his defense. I I like the idea of his defense. So do I. I think in the Oregon game because that's really the one yeah. game you could be like, all right, he's he's playing against yeah. like big time Division One some NBA guys. I thought he was terrible on defense. Got in foul Oregon. Yeah, he got in foul trouble. Yeah. He didn't move his feet well. He was jumping like he. But but. I think, like you said, him being engaged and him looking like he cared are huge. When you're that's seven, what I'm when, saying. When you're 7-1. That's huge seven, for me in this. That's yeah. huge for me in yeah. this limited of what we have available. No, I, he looked like a guy who gave a shit. I agree. I That's huge for me. For a 7-foot dude, how many big-ass dudes in the NBA look like they don't give a shit? I feel like you're ye you're yelling at me I, that I, I don't like feel, Wiseman. I don't if, if, if you told me I had to take Wiseman, Ball, or Edwards, I would take Wiseman in a heartbeat. And I probably wouldn't have said that a month ago, but now after I just, I think Wiseman's got a good balance of he actually could be a star, like Edwards and Ball mm -hmm. has a chance to, but I also think he's not going to flop. Like he's going to be yep. a solid rim running, rim protecting center. And, and what do you think about the shot? Because that's like then you're adding on. To correct. It. So that's where it's like if 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 the shot doesn't translate. Right, and it's hard to know if it doesn't translate. I think he's going to be very solid. Mm -hmm. If it does, now you're talking about a guy who could be a cornerstone on a team. You know what I mean? You could, you're talking about a guy who right. could be a top 10, 12, 15 guy in the league. I and I feel like that is not acknowledged in it because we we do this whole the NBA is getting smaller thing. 
Did you the, watch the finals though? I'm not I saying know. you, but I'm saying like if the, you can say that, but the Lakers won by just bullying people. Yep. They had LeBron playing the two at times with Dwight mm-hmm. and, and, and AD. And like, yeah. It, it almost, in, in the finals, felt like it was going back to like bully ball. I, I think it's a huge misconception from like 10,000 feet that the NBA has gotten small. I, I just remember like I, I wrote or talked about this a million times during the year because the Wolves were one of the teams who went really small this year, right? Yep. And I remember it was um, media day, like the, the first time we have access to all of it. And you just, it's like hour plus. I've got all the guys come up and talk, the coaches, whatever, they'll talk. And it became really clear on that day that they were going to play really small and that they were just kind of like, we don't really give a shit. Like, yeah, we're going to do this. And this is right. Play their best players type of thing. Like sure. And, and I remember the thing I wrote that day, I just like, I just sat there and I'm like, I don't think this is going to work. Like, like maybe, maybe like big picture, it's whatever the right thing for this. But I'm like, this is going to really cost them games. And I started like going through the league and like, obviously you got the examples of like the Lakers who are starting like JaVale and AD. And then they have LeBron out there too. Like there's that, but there's also just like teams like the Cavs. They have like Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson, the, the Knicks. These are like bad teams, but like Mitchell Robinson and Julius Randall, like, the Grizzlies, you're going to get beaten up in, in this league currently in 2020. Right. If you're, if you're about to roll out like a, a six foot 10, 230 pound guy and then a small ball four. Like that's, that's going to cost you, which means on the opposite side of it, you can be the team who beats somebody up with James Wiseman or with, whatever, right. with, with, with two bigs. I, I just don't like the idea that like, do what the Rockets did or do what some of these other teams did. Like, no. And proof B, like, the, the Lakers just won, won the championship doing it too. So, I think we're <laughs> – we're not arguing with each other. I just think that that's – we shouldn't rule out James Wiseman because he's a center or because you can go get Daniel Tice or Aaron Baines for $4 million. Like, mm-hmm. true, you can do that. That's one way to build a team. Another way to do it too is, is through having a really good big guy. Yeah, and I think Wiseman out of more so than some of these other guys, like it's hard, you, you can't really dive into them. It's either mm-hmm. it's 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 still pretty high level. It's either it's do you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. there's only it's, it can go one of two ways really. Um, I agree. So I don't know. I I I like him. I but would, we have we do have a limited sample. And that's my I, point. I, 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 I acknowledge I acknowledge all that, but for me, and maybe I'm wrong. I am letting the 69 minutes That's fair. of play that he did impact what I think of him. And I think – And I do think he – what did he average? 20 and 12 and a very small – I do think had he, had he done that and had a good season, stayed healthy, and Memphis was constantly in the top 15 in the country. Definitely goes one then. Definitely goes one. Yeah. Um, so I think that's important. If he would have continued the same trajectory, he would be the number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. And, like, he also very well might not have done that. Right, and maybe there's not. like I mean, when when Charks to the pod with me last week, he's like, I, I think he, I think he just pulled out because he was like, I, if I don't play anymore, I can probably just be the one pick, number one overall pick. Like I could, if he plays yeah. and he didn't hold on to that, he could, you but, know, he could have hurt a stock, maybe. Sure, but there's like, he's Charks isn't wrong, but I think then the top pick every single year, like Zion could have done that. I think yep. John Morant could. Like, I think guys could just do that every single year. Do you know what I mean? Could have Ja. I feel like Ja probably. I mean, I don't maybe know. Maybe not. Ja, yeah. ja was a sophomore too, so maybe yeah. that's not a. But 
I don't know. I mean, like Cat could have played six games and been a top two or three pick. Yeah, but don't Cat had to do what he did that year to get over Jaleel. Like Jaleel so, so your Charks' point you're saying is he knew the draft was so bad that they were just like. I think that's maybe the theory. Maybe I don't know. There's something to that. Um, he, he's Wiseman's going to be a, a a funky one. Like nobody's going to be right or wrong on him because you're going to have your excuse either way. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna put myself on the like, I'm in on this. Like generally speaking, side, I'm going to have him third on my board. Um, but honestly, really close to the ball and Edwards, and I won't. So you have ball one, Edwards two, Wiseman three. Yeah, yeah. Which, which is what I, which is what I've had all along. It kind of went into this like mm-hmm. thinking about Wiseman and Edwards and and moving it there. Um, but as of now, I, I I'm going to stay on Edwards. And and it is as much as I'm talking about the bigs matter. I do think more impactful, particularly at a star level, is having is having the guard. And and that's a that is a knock against Wiseman. It's not that that position doesn't exist. And it is doesn't matter at all. It just is less important on an individual level sure. than a winger guard. Um, we have done Obi Toppin before, but just kind of I, – I actually enjoyed being able to go back into him yeah. and, and looking at him. He was, he was the first one you and I looked at back on uh, April 16th, so wow. really long time ago. Um, now having kind of looked at the rest of this class, or the, the first round at least, it was um, – it was interesting to kind of see him stand out a little bit. He's six foot nine, six eleven, wingspan, two hundred twenty pounds. Turned twenty two years old on March fourth, so it'll be twenty two in eight months on on draft night uh, at the University of Dayton. Did you have a different opinion on Obi after going back into him? Not really. I really like him. I that the age is is a concerning thing. Um, sure, but. You know, like we talked about, and I didn't listen to the first podcast, so honestly, I don't really remember what the details we talked about. I know we both liked him. His offense is is really good. I don't know if there's a weakness. Really, yeah. he's he, can, he shoots it well. I think he's going to post up switches really well. I the one thing that I like more this time is he's a really good passer, and I don't know how much we talked about that the first time. He's a really good passer. Yeah, like he. So he'll, you know, he pick and pop, he'll post up switches, but also he's not just going to force things. Like he's got a really good feel. Um, I mean, he was the national player of the year. He's Dayton was maybe the best team in the country. Like he's clearly the best player we watched, yes. have watched on film in college basketball. Yes. Um, my only worry with that is the last time that I used that argument, na- national player of the year, mm-hmm. best college player was Marvin Bagley. Uh, and they're, yeah. they're not totally different. Um, That's fair. But – I, I just think, you know, I like him. I, I, I don't think he'll be a star, but I think he's he, his offense is so good, and there's obviously concerns on the defensive end. But um, let me just ask you a couple questions about him, kay. just like generally. What what do you think about him mentally? Just from watching him play, like how does he how does he strike? We were kind of talking about some of that stuff with like yeah, Luca and factoring in there. He seemed to me kind of hard to read. What 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 did you feel? Hard to read, and it's I mean it's hard. Yeah, it's hard to read. I liked him. I think he's watching him. He's really competitive. I thought he played really hard. Seemed like a great teammate. Yeah, Dayton was was rolling. Really uh, good. Really good. Um, I yeah, watched kind of like one more like a quieter sort of leader. Yeah, though. and I watched his interview with with Mike Schmitz from ESPN 
mm-hmm. just because I'd watched all his film already. So I wanted to try to get a different feel for him. And he just strikes me as a guy that's really well spoken. Um, he he just and again, this is a twenty minute interview. He just really all he cared about was winning. Um, and I love guys like that. Obviously, it's. And I think I, I showed up on the floor, which is yeah. like different than Anthony Edwards, who 100%. like said Anthony Edwards said the same thing in his Schmitz interview or his dumbass pandemic comment. Yeah. Like, well, and Obi Toppin was like talking up his teammates in the interview. He was like, "Well, I, yeah. I kicked it to him because he's just a great shooter." And mm-hmm. Edwards didn't. The one time he, the one time he talked about a teammate, he called him by his number. He like wasn't even that. like he wasn't even like you know Levis there's the there's corner. Dane in the corner. He's like uh, number number two's over there. So and I was like, all right. Um, uh, did you did you watch the the Schmidt interview with which one of them with Obi? Yeah, I thought I it was, mean a while ago. But I yeah. thought it was funny that uh, Schmidt uh, Schmitz or Schmidt I can't Schmitz Schmitz yeah. asked him like who was NBA who he thought he played like in the NBA and uh, the comparisons were AD. This is what Obi was saying yeah. about himself: AD, KG, and Amari were like the three that he said. And then they went on a little bit later, and Schmitz was like, "Have you ever watched John Collins?" <laughs> <laughs> and I know John Collins is like probably pretty yeah, good, yeah. but it was funny that like <laughs> three Hall of Famers. Yeah, yeah. Then John Collins. <laughs> um, but that's probably a good. Compa- I mean, I don't know. Guys yeah, like that. yeah. Well, I mean, John Col- John Collins is in, in, that that has like a lot of whatever draft. And Obi was like, oh, I haven't I haven't watched much of it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the funny thing with Collins, I mean, Collins does work because he is that he is that freaky athlete. Yeah. Like, and I, I remember one time it, it might have been. One of my my one of the first times I was at summer league, and it's just like weird. These guys are rookies, so they're just walking around the concourse like with you. And I remember um, I'm just like walking and looking at my phone, and and John like John Collins just just ends up walking. Hawks right summer next league to me. team was that was good. Yeah, you were there. Yeah. You were there. Um, I was alone at this point, and I'm just like looking at my phone, and it's John Collins right next to me, and I'm like, like is this John Collins? Is this sure John Collins? And like the reason I was questioning it so much because he was not big. Yeah. He 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 really wasn't big. And and I was like, dude, this guy's supposed to be like a four, maybe like a small ball of five. Like he just you know, I'm literally standing right next to him. And and I I thought about that. Like I literally wrote John Collins in my notes too. Like yeah. like Schmitz. And it's it we, you gotta acknowledge that with Obi too, that he I mean it's six nine, six eleven, that's like maybe like a, I think that's like an inch and an no, okay, yeah. John Collins is literally like the exact same. Yeah. Um and that, that's a, been a problem for John Collins in the league defensively. Yeah. And and I, I I wonder if we can expect more, like, at all from OB because we did see him get beaten up inside a yeah. bit. Like, Azubuki from Kansas ate him alive in when they played Kansas this year. Azubuki's obviously, like, seven-foot, huge, 250-pound right. guy, but, like, if Obi can't really can't guard big fives in college, and we're trying to say like, oh, you got to be a small ball five in the NBA, like to me, it's a concern. To me, that's a, that's a defensive concern as much as I've, and the other one. You're in any other draft podcast or article, you're gonna be like, oh, he's got tight hips and he's he's got a high center of gravity or, right. or whatever. And I, I hear like those things are real too. But for me, if we're talking about a big guys, like the four, maybe the five, like. I'm kind of concerned about how he's going to match up, like physically, like in a shoving match. Sure. Um, in in the NBA, because I thought he got he got he consistently got pushed around in there too. Um, I don't know. Are, are are you like 
10 out of 10 on the he's never going to be able to defend a pick and roll because he's either got like a hunchback. Are you in that camp? No, I think he can improve. I think so too. I, I mean, I'm acknowledging the fact that defense is certainly a concern. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I, I would take him knowing the offense is going to be there and hopefully coaching seems like a hard worker. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he can at least be serviceable in defense. Can, and I don't know the answer to this. And you, I would at least have some idea of it. Can you change that center? that high center of gravity because he does he plays where he's got like all this weight in his shoulders he like he keeps it up there is that that's a hard I don't know you can get better at defense I don't know if it's I don't know center of gravity I it's just most people don't look like that right when they it's just he carries himself I guess in a funky sort of way broad shoulders that seem to always like be up up yeah (laughs) and and like yeah he I, I don't I don't think he moves his hips that well, but I don't know, man. I just think like a lot of bigs in the NBA, like you put them out on the on an island on a switch, like they're gonna get cooked, right? And Obi Toppin's gonna get yeah. cooked too. It's funny that like when we've talked about this before, but some of the knocks on like centers now are like they can't guard a guard. We're like, dude, what happens with Lillard once they switch on to Lillard? Yeah, gonna eat when him. are we? When are we gonna? Like knock point guards for not being able to guard centers, like in the post. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I mean? Like when are we? It's I don't know. It's funny how basketball has changed, but I just I don't know. I I guess my general stance is I think that's overblown with Obi Toppin. Yeah, defense, particularly his his switchability and his ability or inability to defend the pick and roll. Right. I think some of that is to be determined, but I would highlight that I'm a little bit concerned about him just from a physical standpoint on the interior because he looks big but guys he doesn't play very big he doesn't which is weird it i remember that really sticking out to me the first time i watched him i'm like there's just dudes like on george mason and they're like yeah he's just like all right i'm sealing top and like give me the ball on the like 12 feet yeah and he spins baseline or it gives him a shoulder and he gets to his he gets to his hook like that yeah. So, so and the I, one area, so he yeah. gives up some of that. The one area I think he makes up for it slightly is he's faster than any of those guys. Yeah. So in transition, he gets out and runs, and he had more like fast break dunks. Sometimes mm-hmm. he looked like the fastest player on the court. Yeah. So I think, yes, he's going to give up some strength and some size, but those other centers, big guys, are going to give up the same speed going down the other way. Well, so, and like how many times are you going to get posted up? Right. Like if he's – like, if he's on the Warriors next year and they play the Timberwolves, like, they're not going to be like, all right, Obi, just go guard Cat in right. the post. They'll like, find a no. way. They'll figure it out. No, they'll play Kevon Looney be, or whatever. Like, he'd, be fun. he'd be fun on the Warriors. He would be. If they traded back or took a chance on him at two. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I could. Would he be? Because he's a really good passer. And I think playing with Steph and Clay, if you have a big guy who can pass, who can catch it in that short corner in that mid post area and just rifle passes the shooters. I think he's the if we're talking about in this draft by drafting a player, how do you increase Golden State's win total most this season? I think it's Obi Top. Really? It's not close. Like I mean, maybe you, you would say Vassell. Vassell or Wiseman. I think one of those three. Obi, Vassell or Wiseman. I think <laughs> this kind of goes against what I was saying with, with Wiseman before. But if I'm the Warriors, I think all you need is like an Aaron Baines at the five. Yeah. You know, which which maybe that's what, what Wiseman kinda is. I just to the to the top in passing and just another guy who I think sure. I think if you give Obi if he's taking like sixty percent of his threes are like open, like right. I think he's making forty percent of them next year. 
it's yeah. I think he, I think he's he's that good of a shooter. Yeah. So in that in the fabric of that team, I think he'd be yeah. And you're right on that team, he's going to get wide open threes. Mm-hmm. And and then like what the Warriors do so well is they find ways to make Draymond be the big defending mm-hmm. the pick and roll all the time. Yeah, where they I mean they to me they're the best they're the best team I've ever seen at finding ways to prioritize who they're going to have defending sure. the pick and roll. Like that was so into the playoffs last year when they played the Rockets and they were just the Rockets, you know, they were just trying to math the hell out of them. And they were like, Harden, just stand up there until we find a way to get Curry switched on to you. And I just love the way the Warriors would, you know, but Curry, I think he called it like bumping off yep. where he would, he would have Curry, don't go on to this guy. Okay, they said, no, like, go, 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 go. Like, finding ways until trying to outlive the shot clock yeah. to do that. And I just think <laughs> the Golden State Warriors are a great team to play on if you have defensive yeah. <laughs> issues. Yeah. That's, a, the, you that's know, a good way to put it. To, to the, the top end point. He just um, – I, I think that's a general draft take that could age really poorly is that Obi Toppin is going to be – a terrible defender yeah. in the NBA. I think I can see him. He's fine. Like a few years from now, we're like, oh, we don't even really think about that. Sometimes he gets cooked right. because he's averaging like twenty-one and nine and makes thirty-nine percent of his threes. Like we don't even care about that. And and I think similarly to that with Anthony Edwards. Not to bring it all the way back there too, but I think that's another take too that is could, could age really poorly. Similar to the Ben Simmons one, where it's like. Anthony Edwards isn't going to be able to defend. I think that's so similar to Ben Simmons. We're like, ah, yeah. we don't know if Ben Simmons is going to be it's going to be able to defend. Fast forward four years, Ben Simmons is the best defender in the league. And, yeah, that's not to – we're circling back here, but and you can make this comparison. LSU, LSU and Georgia are very similar. Like, it, right? sure, it's that's a good that's a good argument for Anthony Edwards, mm-hmm. 100%. Because the, if you – if Ben Simmons wasn't on that LSU team, it's, they'd literally lose every game. Do you remember the record that year? Bad. <laughs> they didn't win many. I'm, not, I'm just yeah. I, and and I think to I think the same thing I think the same thing goes for for Anthony Edwards. Here's a, here's a question related to that. What if Obi Toppin wasn't on Dayton? Do they still win a ton? I mean, they, obviously they're playing in a weak conference and all. Um, I don't know. I didn't watch it. Like I a, think they'd be solid, but they wouldn't be a top. Yeah. They. I mean, they were ranked in the top five most of the year. Yeah. They were probably going to be a one or two seed in the tournament. Like, so. They'd be good. I think mm-hmm. they've got a really good coach. They they've got a good system. Um, but no, Obi made them. It's just I, I guess I say that to to highlight like the ecosystem that Anthony Edwards grew up in in college compared to the ecosystem that Obi Toppin grew up in college yeah. could not be more different. And I think I don't even know for good or for bad. We'll look back on that and be like, oh, it was Georgia. Oh, it was Dayton, and that will kind of. I mean, LSU was. Where's the record? I just had it. I'll say like nineteen and fourteen, eleven and seven in the SEC, which is pretty similar to what Georgia was five and thirteen in the SEC. Oh, that's like overall. Um, yeah, well, I don't think Anthony Edwards is going to be as good as Ben Simmons, right? That's but I, but there, there's something there, right? Like, yeah, I, I could see. Anthony I wish Edwards. I I wish that Anthony Edwards did not go to Georgia. Yes, that would and make maybe this that's all make a lot. Maybe more that's sense. telling of him is he would rather go be able to do whatever he wants that's on a bad true. team, and that's another. That's very subjective, but for me, if I'm a top five kid in the country, I know he's from there, but it's like, yeah, go to 
I don't know. Um, and everyone's going to say the same thing about Ben Simmons, but Ben Simmons had like an uncle on LSU's coaching staff. Yeah, there was, there was so, a whole lot of something. So going there was on more there. to that where I think Anthony Edwards just was like, I'd rather go play hard when I want to, score a bunch of points, and then leave. I'd rather have a kid be like, I'm going to go try to win a national title at Kentucky or one of the, t- you know, wherever, yeah. and and then go to the league. But no, so I, a, I, a, I might be reading, I probably am reading into that decision way too much. Um, Oh, I think it's we don't have you and I don't have background on, right on guys or uh, but I think oh, that could yeah. translate to how he is in the NBA. He I could agree. be on a bad team doing whatever he wants and and scoring. I hear you, man. I, I yeah. like I like you. I like how you're taking a stance on Edwards. Like yeah. it's, I, I'm not like I made my argument against right. you, but I'm not like I hear it. I hear that all, and I I I see everything. Right. I see everything you're saying about him and. It very well, like we could be talking three years from now. I'm like, oh, remember the day before the election when we did the pod? Uh, 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 these guys, like, one, that was a crazy world. Two, like, <laughs> you know what? What we thought it, it it's it's gonna play out. It's to me, it's about it's about taking the best bet you can, and it's about what type of bet is your team. Different bets make different sense for right. teams and and for different GMs. How much do you want to like? How much you want to put yourself? Your head on the box or whatever you say. Like, if Anthony Edwards flops, like, you're getting fired. Yeah. Like, that, that's what it is, too. But I don't know. It, it's, all, it's all about the, the risk proposition of all of it. Um, cool. I feel like we got through these guys. Yep. Let's spend the next, like, week finalizing big boards. I know I need to – I want to go back and look at – A couple guys, for sure. For sure. Um, particularly kind of, like, at the – for me, like, the, the end of my lottery. I want to go back – I guess there's just some of these guys who I'm like, man, my opinion is really different. Now that I've really started consuming draft content. Mm-hmm. This like, draft is fun, man. It's not good, but it's fun. There's there's so many different ways it could go. It's like a puzzle. Yeah. Or it's it's a I don't know. There there's nothing would surprise me really. You know right? what I mean? Like Oh, and I don't have like anybody can have any opinion on these guys and I'm right. not gonna be like all I care about is like, did you are you at least going a little bit further than looking at like college basketball reference right like yeah. if you watch them like you can make you can make the argument you can make the argument they all look good guys. it's crazy that in their youtube no clips, they don't all look good oh they look all good they, i haven't seen a missed shot in a youtube clip <laughs> yet so it's crazy it's uh, or turnover um yeah all right all right man um that's wilderberg thank you seriously for, yeah. do, for doing all this it's been fun it's um, been really fun go we'll, vote go vote exactly yes <laughs> tomorrow um and we will well we'll do the big board and i think We'll obviously react to whoever the the Wolves yeah. take and after after the draft. We got we got like fifty hours of podcasts to to go back and look at from from this whole class. So everybody who's listening to this right now, I think we've hit on most of the first round prospects at least, and some of the second round prospects. This has been a boredom project for Will and I over the uh, pandemic. So thank you for so many guys who have uh, who have been listening to them, and you know. We'll look really stupid sometimes, and yeah, no, sometimes we look good. Yeah, thanks for sticking with us. It's, I know for me it's been awesome to kind of like – sports yeah. were gone for a while, so this has kind of been like our outlet. So hopefully uh, everyone listening has had as much fun as, as we've had doing them. Exactly. That's WDeBerg14 on Twitter. I'm Dane at DaneMoreNBA. I will be um, recording with Jack Borman later in the week. He just wrote a big Ben Simmons article <laughs> for the Timberwolves. We're going to talk about um, – we're going to talk big, fake Ben Simmons trades because because that's fun. So look for that later in the week. And Will and I with a big board coming shortly. Until then, peace out. How I'm feeling, man, I hope it never stops, yeah.
Green and hard so you can find me in the crowd Yeah, yeah, don't let sandals ever, ever bring you down, yeah Hope you dancing like nobody else around, yeah